Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Not So Native Podcast. Let me introduce your host. My name is Rob Lamb. And I'm Aaron Bailey. Kick back and let us take you on a journey as we explore some of Arizona's most fascinating people, places, and things to do. Are you ready? Do you want to learn more about solar energy and how to harness its power? Check out CaseArizona.com. The Conservative Alliance for Solar Energy is a nonprofit organization focusing on educating Arizona homeowners on the benefits of residential rooftop solar and renewable energy. Check them out at CaseArizona.com. That's C-A-S-E-A-R-I-Z-O-N-A.com. Hey, welcome back. We are the Not So Native Podcast. I'm Rob Lamb with my special guest host, Stephanie Lamb. Hi, everyone. And we are here at the Grand Canyon Deer Farm with... Pat George. And you are the owner, proprietor, yes. caretaker. Yep. A little bit of everything and a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Right now we are standing here with Gracie. And uh, she just, uh, Gracie is a camel, a dromedary camel? Yes. All right. And what's the difference between a dromedary and the other kind? A dromedary is a one hump camel and a Bactrian camel is two humps. Okay. Bactrian. Okay. And Gracie just gave me a nice slobbery kiss. Wasn't as slobbery as the elk I've heard. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> the elk but, is definitely wetter kiss. Yes. But uh, so how many acres is your deer farm here and and then we'll get into more we have about 10 acres yep. 10 acres 10 acres yeah and you back up to the national forest yes on two sides on two sides yeah. okay yeah. and then what was so you've been here 55 years or the deer farm 50 is years. Here. 50 this year years. is the 50th anniversary okay 50th yeah. oh hi Hello. we're getting visited by a deer since yeah. okay. stopping by the Say I, hi. I did save you a little bit of corn. Here you go. It's Belle again. Oh, Belle. it's Miss Belle. Hi, Belle. Now, what's the story with Belle? So we bottle raised Belle or, about uh, 12 years ago. And she's uh, she was named Belle by my granddaughters for Princess Belle, of course. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Her mama had a hard time giving birth. And sometimes when we have to pull the babies, the mamas are not interested anymore because oh. it kind of hurt. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. So she was a bottle baby. Yeah, we have several of them out here. Okay. Well, they're so friendly. Now, you were saying that the same thing with Gracie, right? You bottle- Gracie, we bought her when she was one month old. Um, her mama didn't have adequate milk. And so the guy that owned the camels brought Gracie to uh, a place in Missouri. And I, we picked up uh, the camel and two baby bison at the same time um, 11 years ago. 11 years ago. So the bison are up there near the front of the... Right, yes. And those are the bisons that you got 11 years ago. Right. Uh-huh. Cause, so my, my wife and I came here 
before my daughter was born. She's was 14. Yeah, she was pregnant. And wow. um, yeah. we brought my uh, father-in-law and my mother-in-law up here to ride the ride the train and okay. to see the Grand Canyon. Cool. And uh, the funny thing is, is that my my father-in-law is a big hunter back in <laughs> eastern North Carolina. Right. And he was the only one without deer food, but he was the only one with a trail of deer. There you go. <laughs> Followed him around the whole. With the big brown eyes telling yeah. him, please yeah. don't. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I thought uh, I thought that they were putting in a word with the boss. You there know. you go. Hey, you know, my cousin's out there. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but so. you don't have white-tailed deer here, right? We have two coos oh, deer. Okay. Um, Game and Fish uh, allowed us to take them. The mom was hit by a car. Oh. And, uh, so we... I had we bottle fed them in August. They came August first. So you guys do a great bit of uh, rehabbing animals then. We do, yeah. Know? We do like, rescue too. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. awesome rescue. Yeah. Let's. Uh, you want to continue sure. walking past Absolutely. the camel enclosure yeah. and sure. we've got other things here. Was oh, here's the porcupine. Did the kids see the porcupine? These are a couple of my favorites. This is Pocahontas and Quilliam, and they come when they're cold. Sometimes. Really? William, Pokey, come on. Come say hi. Wow, they are big. These are African crested porcupine. And we got them from Mickey at the Wildlife World Zoo down in Phoenix. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. And I asked him, uh, how do you make them friendly? And he said, that's your problem. <laughs> um, but like everything else, you go in with food and they climb in your lap. And that's how you make them friendly. You feed them their, yeah. their favorite treats. Clearly only want to pet them in one direction. Uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> As a matter of fact, Pocahontas is really easy to pet. Quilliam, he's like not so much about being touched. Oh, this yeah. is Pocahontas? This right is here? Pocahontas, yeah. Oh. Well, I... And a lot of people think that uh, porcupines throw their quills. Now, these are African crested porcupines. So if you look at them, you see their quills are not barbed. Okay. They're oh. just straight quills. And, okay. Um, but I love their mohawks. Yes. And uh, and they don't throw their quills. If you corner them and make them really upset, they'll give you all kinds of warnings to not do that. Okay. <laughs> uh, but if you don't relent, they back into you. Oh. And that's when the quills will stick. Oh. American porcupines have barbed quills. And so when they stick in you, they're, they're kind of stuck in you. Oh. And they use their tail to swack you and hit you. They hit you with their tail, and that's when the quills will stick. Now, dogs unfortunately are known to open their mouth and try to bite a, a an american porcupine and then they get the quills in their mouth one of our guardian dogs had 38 oh in and around her mouth and she actually let us pull them out one at a time it it was amazing because i mean a dog that big could, could do some damage if she didn't want you inside her mouth so their quills they're not poison no it's just it's just the actual Right. Of the, the quill penetrating your, right. Your and these guys, as small as they are, they kill more African lions than any other animal. Really? Because, of course, a lion will try to open his mouth and bite them. Okay. And the quills get stuck in their mouth. Okay. And then they either paw it more into their mouth by, by trying to paw it out. <laughs> they push it in. Or they die of a massive infection from it. <laughs> so they either starve to death or get an infection but they are pretty cool That's amazing. we have heat lamps inside that shelter form oh and okay. they do well here they it really seems, do good they seem to be doing all right they're amazing yeah we actually even do porcupine encounters you can pay a little extra to actually go in there and sit with them and pet them 
and feed them their treats. That is probably the one that most people are the oh, most hi. worried about. This is uh, Belle. Belle, and yeah. she's uh, apparently uh, keeping watch over you. Yes, she follows me everywhere. Yeah, Mom. If I go on a horse ride, she's at the gate waiting oh. for me to return. Oh, wow. She's sweet. I think she would go with me if I gave her a chance. <laughs> then we have our breeder buck here. And oh. beyond that is our senior pen. Okay. Where yeah. we also keep a couple of our troublemakers. I hate to say that white one and <laughs> the little spotted one is Forrest. And those two we bottle raised a couple of years ago. And uh, they tend to, most fallow deer won't bother people other than tug their clothes or whatever. But those two have decided getting on their hinds and, and pawing at people is a good oh. idea. And we tell them, no, it's not. Uh -huh. So they're, uh -huh. they're in the timeout pen. <laughs> now, do you, do you breed these deer at yes, all? Uh -huh. Yeah, this is, the, this is the daddy too. Lots of the babies. Oh. Um, the buck in the pen over here, he is doing all the catch up from the ones that he missed earlier in the year. Oh. So he comes out still at night. We put them away during the day so they don't bother people. We take their antlers off, as you can see. Yeah. That's for safety for people, but also for the does. If they're not ready to be bred, they tend to, they tend to oh. pick on them. Oh, okay. Yeah, they'll try to corner them sometimes. Okay. Very interesting. Very so interesting. as you see, there's different kinds of deer out here. This is a spotted fallow. And then you see the white ones are white fallow. They're not albino. A lot of people think they're albino. Okay but they're actually just a uh, white fallow. And then the breeder buck in there is actually a black fallow deer. They're kind of chocolate brown, the one laying in the shelter. This guy with that funny sound, that is actually a Sika buck. Whoa. They're from Japan. Now he's an old, old guy. We thought years ago, he he just started losing weight and he was he's like 18, 19 years old, which is ancient for yeah, a buck. For sure. They usually don't live as long as the does. <clears throat> So he doesn't bother these fallows. So we went ahead and put him in here because we, we had him out in the main herd area and he just wasn't moving enough and eating well. So he went in the senior pen where, where okay. he should be. Nice. And he does great in there. Nice. But I love the sounds they make, the, the squeaking. They're actually closely related to an elk. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they can, I understand, cross with an elk, oh. which is interesting because yeah, he's, obviously, he's obviously small. Yeah, he's, he's about as big as a... Uh, I don't know, a good size husky, German yeah, Shepherd, yeah. somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, he's a little bigger than that. Yeah, maybe a little bit bigger, a little but. Taller, but. Yeah. He's so, actually gained considerable weight since we put him in there, which is good. So, have you been the proprietor of this place for the entire 50 years? No, 32 years. 32 years? Is it a family? No, no. But Randy and I came on a date in 1972. That was our first visit here. And then on our oh. honeymoon in 73. So. Oh, wow. And then that's when you... Well, no. Uh, in 86, we saw uh, an ad in the paper in Phoenix with a... It was a small RV park with room to grow. So I called on that ad. And uh, that one was a little over our price range. And then I found out about... They're loving that. Sika they deer. are. Then I found out about this from the same guy that had the RV park listed. And he said, nobody's ever heard of it. It's a small zoo. And... Of course, we heard of it. We'd been here at that point about five or six times. Yeah. This is uh, Faith, our little uh, wallaby. Staying in it. And her mama is on the inside, probably. Um, her name is Joy. And then huh. we have two Patagonian cavies, 
And people sometimes look at that and see the wallaby sign, but they don't notice the KB sign and think those are baby wallabies. Okay. <laughs> it's like, nope, totally different. They're actually closely related to the porcupine. They're in the same family. They're in the rodent family. You can kind of see the, the body structure. Yeah. And the not, nose. Not that I'm a biologist yeah. or anything like that. And the that, teeth. But. but you know, when they stand and walk, they look kind of like a deer. <clears throat> and when they sit, they sit like a rabbit. Like a jackrabbit. It's really want to look yeah. like rabbits the way they're yeah. sitting. Yeah. See, here's one sitting right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so did you, do you have a background in no. zoology or no. biology? No. Or? No. So. When we came, well, when we came, there was only deer and um, goats, tons of goats and peacocks and um, llama, mm -hmm. a llama and a couple of miniature horses and miniature donkeys. We had a couple of horses and dogs and cats and, mm -hmm. but we figured there's vets nearby so when we had a problem we would just call the vet and they would come out and help us but we added a wallabies and the camel and the bison and the uh the coat of mondays and we have little tiny monkeys called marmosets oh yeah i saw those over there in the world so and the kvs and you know we just try to add a little bit every now and then to, to make things more. different yeah, exciting when people who come frequently come. You see the albino wallaby over there. Yes. Oh, wow. Her name yeah. is Hope. She's beautiful. Yeah. We're She's hoping so she has a baby someday, but so far, after five years and three different boyfriends on premises, <laughs> she hasn't liked any of them, oh so my. she doesn't let them get too close. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but she likes this little guy she's in with now, so we're okay. hoping again that Hope will have a baby. Well, she is lovely. And I think Faith's mom has a baby in pouch again. Right oh, now. really? So how do you guys advertise this place? Is it all word of mouth or? You know, being here almost 50 years now, or 50, it, this is the 50th year. Uh, word of mouth is probably number one, but um, we have a Facebook account, um, Grand Canyon Deer Farm on the Facebook thing and, and a, a website now. And I tell you what, um, Google Maps and all that social media stuff is really it's, it's, it's tremendous isn't yeah, it right it's tremendous yeah. and it's exponential when you get people start right liking it and exactly. sharing it and absolutely that's that's definitely helpful yeah. Yeah. so was Free advertising yeah. was yeah, the absolutely. the deer farm done for yeah. just uh, a petting zoo originally or so were they russ trying Ham to russ hamilton started this in uh, 1969 and him and his family had built one in uh, oregon in uh, cave junction oregon Ooh. and when he sold that one, he kept it five years and sold it. And then he built one in Independence, California, mm. kept it five years and sold it. And then this was his third and okay. he kept it five years and sold it. Okay. And then he retired and okay. he plays with cars. Oh, <laughs> uh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And so he, he built them each with a deer theme. They were all called something different. I can't remember the names of the others. The one in Independence, California is gone. The one that is in Oregon, is now a wildcat rescue place, the, the original location. Oh, but the guy who bought the first deer farm bought more land in Bandon and um, built a bigger facility there. Oh, and then I, I just found out recently that that has changed hands. And so it's called, it used to be Bandon Game Farm, but I don't know what it's called now. But, okay. um, but anyway, still kind of the same beginnings yeah. as far as what he had. And, and like they have the llamas and the donkeys and the deer. And, and it's an, you know, interactive thing, which is great. What's your favorite part about owning this facility? Favorite part? Actually, you know what? Meeting people literally from all over the world. 
I had a lady in maybe um, September and she said she was from Italy because I asked her where she was from. She said from Italy and she said, I have been here three times in the last 15 years. Really? And every time you wait on me, she said. Oh. Like, what are the odds? Because I'm not yeah. always there. In yeah. the, right. The register. I'm out. I like to come out with the folks and play. And uh, if it's really quiet, sometimes I'll sneak people into pens where you usually would have to pay extra because obviously when it's busy, you can't take a hundred sure. people in to see the wallabies or whatever. But, you know, if the kids are really good with the animals, it's kind of fun to, to have extra fun with them. Definitely. So, but yeah, my favorite part, people and animals, <laughs> of course. But. Sure. Sure. The, the animals bring the people. Yeah, exactly. And, and then uh, do you spend a lot of time like doing tours or educating people or is it all really self-guided kind of you walk through it's on your own and we have the signs to kind of tell people about the animals and all of our people who work here are kind of instructed to interact mm -hmm. with folks mm -hmm. i mean like i tell them you meet literally people from everywhere we've had people from russia and africa and you know everywhere i mean so it's kind of really a good thing for everybody to the cultural differences and just to talk mm -hmm. to people because we had a guy from Turkey and we have Anatolian Shepherd guard dogs and he raised them over there and he said ours are small which I'm sure they are <laughs> compared to theirs. However, he was telling me stories about how his dog protected and it was really interesting to learn from him. That's neat. Yeah. So, so we learn from others and people learn from us too. It's a good. Are you a homeowner? Are high electric bills busting your budget? Well, do what I did and call Charlie Miller with Argent Solar, 623-734-6011. Argent Solar has an A-plus rating with the BBB and zero complaints with the Arizona Registrar of Contractors. Save money by harnessing the power of the sun. Call Charlie Miller, 623-734-6011, 623-734-6011. Does the Grand Canyon help with your kind of drawing people your, here? Yeah, your yeah, draw. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the previous owner that we bought it from, we're the third owners now, and um, the Whitmans changed the name from just Deer Farm to Grand Canyon Deer Farm to get people on the uh, way to think uh -huh. about, you know, and so that that was a big boost. Plus, he petitioned the state to rename the exit for on I forty to um, Deer Farm Road. Which was a huge thing. Too, Very good because people can find you easier. That definitely. Way. Yes. Yeah, yes. We we made a slight wrong turn at Albuquerque, but <laughs> not, not, nonetheless, not, literal, not literally in Albuquerque. Not, not literally Albuquerque, but you know, uh, I I love that Bugs Bunny cartoon. But yeah, anyway, uh -huh. <laughs> uh, but we made a slight wrong turn, but yeah. we we found the snow play area oh, of yeah, the way. Yeah. So <laughs> that'll fun. be exciting. Yeah. And uh, but but definitely made our way this way yep so uh, i think it's definitely a, a must stop yeah a must it see is. because and you really get so up close with the animals and right. it's just so fun that's what a lot of people say they like interacting with them and it is i mean when when we first came we fell in love with it we were on our way to the grand canyon we never made it the day <laughs> the, in 1972 when we came on a date we didn't get to the canyon we spent the whole day here oh so, and then like say back on our honeymoon and when the kids came, we just kept coming back. So, are you native to Arizona? Yeah, 
because you know my the podcast yeah. is called Not So Native, right? So some well, people are native. In, okay, I was born in California. My dad was in the military. We lived there a month after I was born, and then moved back to Tucson. He was oh, at okay. Davis Mountain. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. So so lived in, grew up in Tucson or? Yes, Tucson, and then Phoenix, and kept moving north to find the cold. <laughs> <laughs> or, well, you, or to get out of the heat, as most people in Phoenix do. Say, yeah, that's it. That's right. Yep. Changes in latitudes, yep. changes in attitudes. There you go. You know there what I love being here is, as you look around and see kids and adults alike, mm -hmm. you just see major smiles on their faces as yes. the deer come up to them and just interacting with all the the different animals yeah we have people tell us all the time we're used to seeing deer in our yard but we usually see them leaving not yeah. running at us mm -hmm. yeah. and sometimes they get a little freaked out when these guys run towards them or follow them yeah <laughs> or tug on their shirt yeah, yeah. anything to get attention the the smaller children are uh, definitely um easier to uh, acquire food from yes yeah. and they've been known to just reach over and take the in, whole cup, the cup and i have seen them literally take a cup from a child and guzzle it i mean oh. they walk off in the middle and they chug that cup of food. <laughs> and the kid will do one of two things they'll either laugh hysterically or they'll cry because they took sure. it yeah. and and i always sure. tell them i'll go get you another cup it's okay don't cry but it's funny to watch actually yeah yeah i love seeing all the peacocks over there they're yeah really beautiful yeah there was a lady whose husband was starting a bird farm in a page and uh, he he passed away and we picked up a bunch of peacocks Aww. and stuff from her yeah she oh, well. didn't know what to do with them you know okay. so sure well they seem to like hanging out with the camel they do <laughs> yeah they do and it's kind of funny to watch her because sometimes she'll step on their tails oh yeah oh. especially in the august they shed that all their tail feathers oh in really august. i didn't oh. saw that they're now you see that cavey walking so in august when those tail feathers start to get loose and they're walking through her pen and of course they've got a four foot tail and she'll walk up behind them sometime and you can just see her mind she'll sometimes deliberately step on that oh yeah, yeah. and then they squawk and fly and then there's a bunch of feathers. <clears throat> and she's laughing probably. yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. in, in very camel laughy way yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, right. however that happens that's right yeah that's wonderful. What other critters do you have up uh, so around here? So we have these mule deer. And, uh, Those are native to Arizona. Four of them came from the fire in Dewey last oh. year. Oh, wow. Hansel and Gretel. There's Hansel right here. <laughs> and I bottle raised all these guys. So my mom. They were all babies oh. when you got yep. them. Mm -hmm. So Hansel was three days without his mama oh. as a two-week-old. Oh. And Gretel, his sister, was only two days without mom. And so he was in pretty rough shape. We didn't even think he would live. Oh my goodness. Um, he's beautiful. He looks very healthy. He's very good. He has had a few health issues. Yeah. And he's kind uh -oh. of ornery with his brothers and sisters, as you can see. <laughs> oh. Um, he's like, tell him what's up. Yep. Because he wants all the attention. He the oh. <laughs> she he, says, um, I'm going to get in the food bin <laughs> and I'll get some attention here. But he's had a few health issues from the lack of nutrition for those three days. We've oh. already had to have teeth extracted and he had a bone jaw thing going on and we got yeah. that fixed and so but when you love them you got to care for them they, they get right. better they get better care than i do <laughs> look at that oh, he's he's, he's like yeah that's my mom you can tell that's that's beautiful he's my baby he's sweet <laughs> for some reason he and i think because he was in the most desperate desperate shape yeah. when, we, when they caught him that uh He's really attached. Oh, he the others are attached, but he is like 
when I'm in there, he runs everybody away from me. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. wow. My mom, my mom. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> they get a little possessive, but he's a pretty guy. That is so wonderful that you were able to give them a home after they were yeah. devastated by the fire, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So you've, you've bottle-fed all these, or bottle fed all these, these critters. Mm-hmm. What's your background? <laughs> um, the School of Hard Knocks. Oh, SOHK. <laughs> I mean, huh? actually, we have done well. I mean, God has given me a lot of knowledge about this that I didn't even know I had. As far as, you know, we asked the vets what's the best thing to feed. With most animals, fresh dairy goat milk. And I mean, sometimes, like right now, we drive to oh, uh, Chino Valley to get fresh <laughs> dairy goat milk because okay. it's the best for them. And there are a lot of powdered mixes out there that are cheaper. But to me, it's like you 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 pay for it one way or the other. I would rather them be healthy and have the best mm-hmm. than yeah. to have to worry about them getting sick or, or malnourished because they're not getting the right stuff. So I'm sure the goat's milk has a really good amount of it protein is. It's and really good. natural nutrients yes. that, uh-huh. that are good for them. It's really good. <laughs> right? Yes, you can. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> These are mule deer. So the feed is only for the deers, yes, uh-huh. not for any other critters. No, the goats were getting too fat, the donkeys <laughs> were getting too fat, the horses were getting. The vet says, "You know what? Why don't you just tell people feed only the deer?" It's like, okay, so, uh-huh. yeah. And right. I mean, as you see in their um, bin, they are always anything in a pen, especially is pre-fed. Mm-hmm. We make sure they get enough because not all the people will feed them, so we make sure we feed uh, twice a day. Okay. So okay. people people feed all day. We feed twice a day, and you know we always make sure there's stuff in there. And this is only one of the two feed bins in here, so these guys have plenty. Uh-huh. And especially the mule deer, they're the hardest to keep weight on in captivity, but oh, they really? look wonderful. Yeah. yeah and they... this formula that we had um, comes out of California, a feed company in California, and it's a, actually a reindeer chow, but it was developed by a nutritionist from the. Um, uh, university in Alaska there. Well, wow. so we try to find the best. Our wallaby feed comes from Missouri. Costs more to ship it than it does to buy oh the feed, goodness. but it's the best. Uh-huh. And it has helped keep the wallabies healthy because all of those lived in my house too and were bottle raised. Oh all of the wallabies. <laughs> so As a matter of fact, one year I had two wallabies, the albino and a gray, and I had uh, Five Cotamundis in the house at the same time. It was quite the circus. You don't uh, you don't have a lot of knickknacks hanging around, do you? No. Yeah. No, everything has to be high. <laughs> Especially oh. the Cody's. They're quite ornery. Oh, oh really? Right. Yeah. So they like to, to they snatch things. Yes, it's like a raccoon. They're in oh, the raccoon really? family. Yeah. Okay. So oh. they're pretty good about getting right. hold of stuff. Uh-huh. And they say don't ever leave Cotamundis unattended in your home if you're raising them because they will get into everything, okay. cabinets, whatever. They use their little hands like like little tools. Okay. They know how to make them get into trouble. And this is the albino yeah. wallaby? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. She's a good gal. Oh. It sounds like a tire boat. Yeah. And then coming up is our miniature cow. She's a zebu cow. We lost her puppy a couple, two years Aww. ago. and But he was 20, 20 or 22, I can't oh. I have a hard time remembering ages, yeah. so he had a good life too. He had had an infection in his jaw. Aww. And the vet was amazed that we could save him from that. And he was doing really well. 
but then he just had a heart attack and that was all so that's so hard but yeah he did he did good but yeah this is princess irish hills <laughs> and we kind of want to get another one but we don't know that they would be too wild and active because she's 20 also oh, okay. right now so she's kind of up there yeah <laughs> princess she says it's almost feed time i'm waiting for the feed gal to come around <laughs> Uh, the miniature horse is Tommy. He's 29 now. I've had him since he was four. Wow. He's made lots of babies here. Well, that's good. And then we have Angel. And Sassy is an amazing horse, the bay. She was a therapy horse. She lived in the really? gal's bedroom. Yeah. Oh. The parents were told, you know, she's not going to make it, get her whatever she wants. And they got her that little mare, and she stayed in the bedroom and would let herself out. And That's... when that gal went on to college, she had to find a home for the horse, so we got her. So and that's the white one? Yeah. No, the little oh, the bay. Yeah. So the little girl was at risk or the horse was at risk? The, the little girl was not supposed to make it. Wow. Yeah. And she is alive and well, as far as I know. Wow, that's beautiful. That speaks to the value of animal I know. therapy. Absolutely. That's something yeah. I want to do one day. Yeah. I'm studying behavioral health right now. Oh, so are you? I want to do natural therapies yeah. more with, you know, the arts and animals. Cool. So these are two bottle babies from this year. Um, we pulled him out at 9.30 at night. His mama was having, he was breech. And then she, two months later, also breech. And uh, Amy, our, our senior curator and manager, she pulled this one out and got her on the bottle, got her started for me. This is the little coos deer. These are the white tail that you were asking They're about. Beautiful. And these are from uh, down around Fort Huachuca. Okay. Yeah, mom uh -huh. was hit by a car, unfortunately, and uh, somebody from the base there uh, picked up the babies when they saw mom yeah. and uh, brought them in, and mm. Game and Fish allowed us to get them. So we kind of met halfway the lady that had the deer. She drove towards Phoenix, and I drove towards Phoenix, and we met <laughs> at Anthem. Oh, so there you go. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And so they're eating well. They're doing great. That's nice. Yeah. It's great that you're able to use the property for right to help uh, to, to help and and it you know the 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 entrance fee that people pay it helps to save the animals as well absolutely and so it's uh it's a win win for everyone I love the alpaca yeah these are two alpaca it's funny because we had llamas <laughs> and for a face. while we had a male llama here and the and the females over here and and then the uh, the male llama. Um, passed away, so we ended up having an empty pen. We thought, well, people always ask, what's the difference between an alpaca and a llama? Now they can cook for themselves. You know, the size and the coats on the alpaca are much nicer wool. Okay. And people like that to, to work with. I mean, the, the llama wool is good too, but the alpaca wool is, is the higher grade. <laughs> but what's the they, most interesting oh go ahead Steph. No, i was just gonna say do they do they do you shear them do you have no, to shear we them? have a guy um a team come in um they were here two years ago they'll have to be back this year this will be the second year okay so they were here a year and a half ago and um they'll shear them and trim their hooves little not hooves but their toes yeah. and uh check their teeth yeah. and they take care of all of it for a flat feet and they know what they're doing they can handle them without injuring them which is great mm -hmm. um they leave the wool. We pay them to come and do that. Mm -hmm. And you're able to sell the wool? 
Actually, I gave it away last year, but I think I will probably try to get something for the alpaca wool because it is nice. I mean, everybody kept calling on that. Huh. They didn't care about the llama so much. They wanted that alpaca wool. It's like, yeah. Whenever there's been a kind of upsurgence of right. alpaca farms because of yes. that. Yeah. Because right. it is a higher quality. But you know what's funny yeah. is alpacas are smaller, but they are more ornery than a llama. Really? Yeah. They are. And for as little as they are, they can they can do some good damage. Do they spit like the llamas? Yes. They huh? do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they have an attitude. You can see it in their eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can kind of see the way they stand. Uh -huh. like, yeah. yeah. Don't get too close to yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. They're feisty. <laughs> Yep. My face might be cute, but I'm mean. <laughs> yeah. Why? All right, let's come on down here. And are they? Do they have names? Yes, April and uh, yeah, I can't. I have a hard time. Um, and if for some reason that black alpaca, I have parts of Kenya. Kenya. April and Kenya. That's what I always want to say. It starts with an S, but it's not an S. It's a K. And then these two were born here, these llamas, these llamas. Mm -hmm. and they're now uh, 18 and 19 years old. Oh, wow. So. Are they siblings? Yes. Uh -huh. okay. Yeah. We just lost their mom actually a month ago. Mm. She was 20 something. Wow. So, you know, you want things to live forever, but they just can't. <laughs> right. What are the llamas names? Um, the mama was Sophia and oh, this yeah. is Mia and that one's Leah. Mia and Mia. Yes. Now, were they, how many llamas do they bear at one time? Just one. Just one. Yeah. Okay. So they're like, oh, they're, they're single, single critter litters. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and then behind is the reindeer. Oh, and yeah. We are, saw some of these at Arizona. Yeah. These are great addition. We've had them since the 90s. And, uh, oh, wow. And these, so they have a longer lifespan? Well, these are two, these are two yearlings. Actually, they're going to be two year old in April. Oh. These are two females. And in here somewhere is baby Rudolph. Oh, there he comes. No, oh, that's here? Blitzen. Right over here over oh, yeah, there's Rudolph. Yeah, there he is. Oh. Beautiful. But they are pretty cool. And then over here we have the bull, one of the bulls. And you can see the size difference. These are two gals. They do have antlers. So reindeer oh. and caribou are one of the only ones that the males and females get antlers on the deer. Okay. Yeah. But, and Blitzen, he... Um, <laughs> He's a gonna be three year old bull. Oh, he is yeah, he's amazing. He's, Hi. He still thinks he's kind of in breeding mode, so he's a little bit snorty on occasion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Oh, thick, oh, thick hair. coat on that yeah, guy. Unbelievable. You wanna try it? Mm -hmm. Ready? Right. Yeah. Oh, you are so sweet. Ones. So if people are coming here to the deer farm, besides besides getting to experience all these great critters, like li literally up close and personal, mm -hmm. uh, what uh, what should they know about the deer farm? Besides the food is only for the deer. Right. I don't wear your Sunday best because you <laughs> will be chewed on, tugged on, whatever. They're, you know, they, they're animals, you know. Sure. And, uh, we see a lot of people, don't ask me why, want to stick a finger in the mouth of animals. And then they fuss at us that they get bit. And I always tell them, if you poke your finger in my mouth, I'm going to bite it too. So <laughs> let's okay. not do that. So yeah. don't yeah. stick your finger yes. in, the, in the mouth. There's a nice uh, paved walkway, so yeah. it is relatively handicap accessible as well. Yeah. So that's nice. It's convenient for 
for all people. Right. Uh, anything else that people uh, should and know? And just the variety of animals is really intriguing. We have something we're about to come up to now, and people look at it and ask me, what is it? And I said, well, what does it look like? Well, it looks like a donkey. And I said, right. What else does it look like? Well, it looks like a zebra. I said, right. And I said, it's a zonkey, which is a cross between a zebra and a donkey. How did you get a zonkey? Well, years ago, in the early 90s, we had a zebra and two donkeys, and we were hoping for a zonkey. But that never happened. Oh, okay. So of all things in Flagstaff, two years ago, we found a zonkey for sale. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so we bought him. He came well, from a zoo in Colorado, and the guy couldn't take care of him anymore, and, and so that was a problem. This is Dasher. You can see his antlers are oh. in the growing stage already. Oh, yeah, they're felting. Yeah, yeah. oh, he's, yeah. he's ready to rut on something. He is still, I mean, it's like they should be out of rut by now, but he still acts like he's Henri. Yeah. He's going to be the daddy. He's daddy to Rudolph. And oh. he'll be the daddy to the two babies up here this year. Look how thick those antlers are. They are. He's going to have a massive set of antlers. Those are those are thick and beautiful. So we do get the reindeer out, too, at Christmas time. Between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, the reindeer are out with Santa, walking around the farm, especially on the weekends and stuff. So that's cool. Oh, yeah. One of your doggies. This is our guardian dog. This is Carly. So the male that we saw singing to me earlier. In the, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, he will be on duty with her soon. He's only a, he's just barely a year old. Oh, wow. How and beautiful. she's five. This one is five. He's a big dog. Yeah. What's the breed on this one? These are Anatolian shepherds from Turkey. They're, they're, it's right there yeah. on the side there. And I mean, she's not the normal <laughs> Anatolian color, but her grandparents came from Turkey. Oh, and so wow. in Turkey, they will cross Anatolian sometimes with Akbash or Kirbash. And um, then they have the white ones in that breed. And I don't care which what it is as long as it's a livestock guardian dog because they learn not to play with what they guard yeah. but to guard it and I mean oh. when we first got them they're really good with people during the day and my husband was the first one to find out they're not good with you at nighttime. <laughs> oh. you are in here and you don't belong uh, he was taken down so yeah no kidding yeah. so they're pretty amazing I mean they're wonderful during the day but they know when they guard oh they, they know nighttime is the time yeah, yeah. nighttime Absolutely. I'm on yeah I'm on duty <clears throat> Wow. But she's she's incredible. She's, she's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, lovely dog. Lovely dog. See, you can get it all here at the deer farm. Yeah, Dogs, zonkeys. It's kind of funny because sometimes deer. people are all about the dog. And we do have a crazy cockatoo that a lot of people have come back and forth to see. He's been here since 1987. He was the first animal that we added. No. I'd always wanted a talking bird. And, uh, there you go. He's quite the character. Is he inside? Just outside the door when oh, you first walk out. Yeah. Uh -huh. He's the greeting committee. Ah, so yeah. people complain about this guy this time of year. Because he's muddy. His adornments. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, what are those? Mud. mud oh, yeah. uh -huh. okay. And he puts that on to attract the ladies. His, oh. Yeah, there's a lady seeker out here. What's up? He happens to be his mom, so we don't Look at him smile at us. Yeah. He's smiling. Yes, he is. I bottle raise him, too. Oh, my God. So he will sometimes snort and carry on and sing at me, just like the dog. Well, look at him. But we don't wash that off because he would simply put it back on again anyway. Okay. And even if it's totally dry out here, he'll make his own mud, if you know what I mean. Uh -huh. Oh. Because they want to look like that. Wow. But I think that's the most. Let us know how that works for you, man. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So How's when that? they start to shed their winter hair, 
that big mud, mud clots come off. Oh and I mean, God. if you look at the picture on the sign, uh -huh. he's absolutely stunning in the spring. Oh yeah. Yeah. Once that all comes off. So, uh, so how's this uh, mud ball thing working out for you? Yeah. Maybe some of the single guys listening to the podcast can, <laughs> you know, try to adorn their <laughs> neck with mud. Yeah, there. put some mud balls. Maybe make it <laughs> kick it up a notch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah we that's actually amazing. Need a sign because we got scolded sure by Yeah, well, not, because people don't. Again, people don't understand yeah, yeah. what it is, and, and because they're used to seeing all the pretty things on television, right? They're not used to seeing as natural as can be, right? Uh, in their normal. Well, and this is the thing that the elk would be doing too this time of year. They sure. and moose do the same. Not all, all right. deer do it, but. Certain ones like to make that neck mane just glorious. <laughs> oh. the, the reindeer in another year, when you come in the wintertime, you will smell that really potent hormonal thing going on. It's, okay. It's a challenge sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Wow, this is, uh, it's been amazing. So we have uh, made our way around the loop. Uh, the zonkey is right there at the end. And then there's the Cotamundis, and people can see them up close too. They're pretty wonderful. The elk, of course. That female elk is uh, is wonderful too. She was uh, also a rescue from Game and Fish. She's beautiful. Yeah, and it's very loving, by she the way. Is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very loving. So we'll um, we'll go ahead and wrap the podcast up here at the Zonkey. So we started with the camel, made our way around, and now we're finishing up with the Zonkey. Uh, I, I hope that if you get a chance to get out here, we're right off of I-40 on the way from Flagstaff to Williams. It's called the Grand Canyon Deer Farm. It's Deer Farm Road exit. And Siri and Google both know how to get here if, <laughs> if you actually follow their directions. So weird. All right. Well, thank you very much, Stephanie, for being a guest host with us on this fifth episode of the Not So Native Podcast. And... Thank you very much, Pat, for spending the time with us. You're very welcome. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Get out there and see Arizona. Do a little day tripping. All right, welcome back to Not So Native. Sponsor Spotlight here. We are with Drew Bacon with Case, which is the Conservative Alliance for Solar Energy. So, Drew, tell us a little bit about, about yourself and about how you got involved with, with CASE and ultimately renewable energies here. Well, I had a career as a chemical engineer in the uh, chemical manufacturing industry, and uh, when uh, I retired from that, I uh, moved to Arizona and uh, wanted to kind of a tone for some of the things <laughs> that the chemical industry does to the environment. So uh, I did a series of things like I was a guest lecturer on uh, uh, solar energy, renewable energy, uh, and also uh, on uh, environmental laws for a uh, local uh, community college. And uh, uh, in my community, I founded an environment club and began promoting solar. And by the way, now our community has more, more than 1,570 homes with solar electric wow. on the roof. Wow. Uh, that's uh, about 35% of the total. Uh, so solar has been very popular. And uh, so I got into the business as a volunteer, and I'm still pretty much a volunteer. And the volunteer service that I provide is 
unbiased advice to help homeowners navigate the uh, the procurement process for getting solar. As one of my customers told me, I'm, I'm going to buy a car and I know about cars and I'm going to buy solar, but I know zero about solar. So I need some help and that's where I come in. Very cool. So who is your your target audience for case well that's a very good question the people that uh, have the most uh, interest and the most knowledge are the millennials but the people oh. with the people with the money and the people that are looking to save money are mostly uh, retired or people nearing retirement they want to nail down their monthly uh, bills and uh, solar is the b best investment that they can find to do that because they need to kind of like stabilize their monthly expenses. Yes. And so they use solar to kind of offset the cost of normal monthly expenses. Yes. And in Arizona, you can <clears throat> buy solar for your roof. Uh, you can recover your investment uh, in about uh, six years, six and a half years. Holy cow. And then you have free solar, free solar electric for the, uh, the rest of your life. Solar panels are guaranteed 30 years. They'll probably last 60 wow that's that's amazing and and you know what's going into the solar panels so uh, from a chemical perspective yes, so yes, you know yes, you, you yes. can kind of testify to that yes so obviously your case is more than just solar energy you know, renewable energy to that so what yes. are other initiatives that uh, you focus on and the organization focuses on well uh, we would like to see uh, renewable energy more widely accepted and uh, what is holding that back now is primarily our uh, monopoly electric utilities. They make more money on uh, expensive gas plants, coal plants, and big projects. Solar, by comparison, is minuscule. And so they, one of the factors that determines their income is their capital investment. Uh, coal plants and uh, gas plants are large capital investment. Solar is very small. Hmm. Interesting. You know, I think that a lot of people worry about the cost of solar. What do you know about that? Or what do you know about, like, renew I mean, there's all kinds of talk about being more energy conscious and efficient. There's energy cars, there's solar car, power cars, electric cars, blah, blah, blah. What do you know? I mean, what can you tell us about the, the cost-benefit kind of thing analysis of solar? Well, first of all, the two cheapest forms of electric generation in the country right now is wind and solar. And wow. they're, they're virtually the same price, and that's without subsidies. Really? Yes. Wow. If you take uh, all the subsidies away from all forms of generation, solar and wind are, are the cheapest. And uh, the, um, when I started in this business in 2008, the utility was giving up to 50% of the cost in a uh, subsidy. And the solar uh, subsidy for uh, the federal government is 30% tax credit. So you could get 80% of it paid with subsidies. Those subsidies are, are going away. The utility subsidies has been gone for several years. In 2021, the federal tax credit disappears. So solar and wind will be non-subsidized uh, forms of, of electric generation and the only ones that are non-subsidized. 
Wow. Good. Well, we got just a few more moments here uh, for you, Drew. But so to, to wrap it up here, maybe say one more thing that you'd like people to know about about Case. But ultimately, how, how can they find out more about your organization? Uh, where can they uh, they need to reach out to you? Obviously, we'll put a link to your information. But uh, we have a uh, a website that is casearizona.com, and it's uh, spelled out C A S E. A R I Z O N A dot com. Uh, we uh, also have a Facebook page that uh, is uh, facebook.com forward slash case Arizona forward slash. And uh, we'd be happy to have you join our Facebook page. It is a closed page, so you just need to ask to join and you will be approved. So, anywhere in the country, you can learn more about solar because. I, I know it's true. The sun shines in all 50 states, ladies and gentlemen. So you can learn more about solar energy and the, the impact that it can have on your family here by, by following or checking in to casearizona.com. Thank you very much, Drew. We appreciate you being here with us on the Not So Native Podcast. Thank you for sponsoring, and we look forward to more from you. Thank you. The Not-So-Native Podcast would like to welcome back our sponsor, MLR Professional Tax and Accounting Service, 623-505-7141. MLR Professional Tax and Accounting provides personal and business tax and accounting services. Looking for help with your business or personal tax returns this year? Choose the firm we choose at the Not-So-Native Podcast, MLR Professional Tax and Accounting, 623-505-7141. There's never a charge to talk. Thank you for joining us here at the Not So Native Podcast. Be sure to check us out on our website, notsonativepodcast.com, and leave a comment or two. Also, follow us on social media to get the latest update on our adventures. Until next time. Until next time.